Welcome to the Triple Deke. Episode 2 of Season 2 of the Triple D Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Joel Jackson. And I am... I'm glad to, I'm oh. glad to be back with my partner, Kyle Faulkner. That's me. I'm here. So uh, this year, you know, as you know, things have changed a little bit. Um, you know, the, the bigwigs upstairs gave me a call and said, we really need some representation out on, out on the east side. So they've shipped me off to Ontario, but... Part of the deal was that they would keep producing our show. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal, you know. Change can sometimes be a good thing, and uh, I think we're going to make this work. And you know what? The uh, people who listen to this podcast deserve it. That's right, and that's what it's all about. It's all for you, the people. For the people. Not pilots of the people, but the people. Yeah, just the people. So uh, let's get things moving along here because we are a few weeks behind. Um, we're heading into week four. Not heading into, I guess we're a couple days into. Ooh, I should set my lineups. Um, but we've got three weeks in the books, and uh, the divisions are starting to shape up. You're starting to see who's for real and, and who's just a pretender. Um, so let's talk, just quickly go over um, a couple of our division leaders here. So we've got two teams at 3-0 and in the Northwinds division. We've got Team Christmas all the way out on the East Coast. He's sitting nicely at 3-0 and right now. And we also have the uh, South End Slappers, old Quant uh, Crescent Mike Clark at 3-0. and Yeah. Which, uh, you know, if we want to start talking about them, I think his is a very interesting story because he was a guy that had a real bee in his bonnet after the draft. Yeah, that's true. He was he was part of uh, auto draft gate. You know, I myself uh, suffered from that particular affliction that night, but it certainly hasn't hurt his team any. Well, it seems like maybe auto draft uh, maybe is actually a blessing in disguise for Mike Clark. Maybe maybe he should keep the strategy going in years to come. Yeah, that's true. Well, the computer's certainly not going to draft any worse than he usually does. And then in our other two divisions, we've actually got a couple of two-way ties for first. In uh, in the Giant Tiger division, we've got uh, Joel Stang, EP Redemption, and his former neighbor for the win, FTW, Mike Hayhurst. They're tied at 2-1. and one. And what's happening in your division, the Lands division? Well, the Lands division's always busy, as you know. And uh, it's Powell to the people. My team and the Aaron's Beavers all tied with a 2-1 and one record, so... You know, it's it's anyone's game at this point. That's right. So, uh, you know, just for Rob Wilson's sake, I know we like to talk about our own teams the odd time. Oh, yeah. He Rob's really just chomping at the bit to hear about what we think of our teams. So, I do want to ask you before we before we uh, deal with the disaster that is the trout sniffers. Um, I do want to ask you. You know, you're in first place in your division. You're sitting at two and one, but a quick quick look at the stats showed that uh, your team actually has the third lowest points scored in the league. Yes. So, 
really cut to the core. So how how are you feeling about that? Are you are you are you kind of taking a sigh of relief that you snuck a couple wins out, or do you, was it more just like you had one really bad week and now you're back on track, or what? I I can't say for sure. You know, I not to make excuses, but I feel like my team is not. Most of my players have not played as many games as as other teams. Like I don't know what's going on with that, but my goaltending has been. Uh, a little bit boom and bust, you might say. Mm. Where uh, I I was hoping for some booms, but mm-hmm. it's mostly been a bust so far. It's mostly you know, been a bust. Riddich, Riddich, his name is not great in Calgary so far. He's had some big wins, but he's had some real stinkers too. Uh, Varlamov, he's had uh, some success, but also some failures. And Corey Crawford, not good. Yeah, Crawford's an interesting one because, uh, you know, last year and, well, really the past couple of years, he's been dealing with kind of a mushy head situation. Um, the Blackhawks brought in a former member of my team, Robin Lehner. He was the comeback player of the year last year. And, and you have to wonder if they brought him in with the idea that if Crawford doesn't start showing something pretty quick, they're going to pull the plug on him. Well, I think you're right. That's the idea. And my whole gamble of him was that maybe uh, Crawford would be to the task and be ready to fight for that job. But it looks like he's he might be out of gas. Well, speaking of out of gas, there's a couple of teams that uh, you know are, are trying to hitchhike their way to fill up their jerry cans right now. They've just run right out of steam. Uh, one of them is Furlamberger, who I know is near and dear to your heart. A little bit of a family connection there. And the other one is my own Laurent Trout Sniffers, the LA Trout Sniffers. We're sitting at 0-3, which is not really a territory that I'm very familiar with and not one that I'm very comfortable with. No, you're feeling a little nervous, are you? Well, I'm, st- I'm starting to. You know, the, the first week was a bit of a – that's a tough one because it's a short week. You pretty much are hoping for one big night, and really, it didn't matter what I did that week. Stang, uh, Stang really showed me that he was all that his man that week. He really lowered the hammer on me. But uh, to be honest, the last couple of weeks have not been very impressive from the squad. Now, I will say that um, my my team and uh, Craig Lane's team there, Furlanberger. We are also both tied for the most points against. I think I've got 212.9 or something, and he's got 212.6. The only other team that's got over 200 points against is actually Honest Wilson, who's still got a couple of wins. So he's pretty impressive right now with what he's doing. But but I don't know if I can make any excuses. I don't know if the points against is really killing me when my team's only only averaging, you know, 50-something points a week. Well, one thing I, I can't speak for your team, but with Furlanberger, I have a bit of a harebrained uh, theory here. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, as, as the last guy to pay, has that brought some sort of a curse upon his team? Oh my goodness, there could be a new there could be a new curse in play that we don't even know about yet. That's true. Yeah, so that's something we'll have to monitor closely. But uh, maybe the the last guy paying curse is is causing some havoc on Furlanberger. Yeah, for sure. Well, so let's talk about uh, not just our teams, but, you know, there's a number of teams that are sitting at one and two in the league, and uh, we're early, you know, we're we're early, we're not even, you know, in a couple weeks we'll be a quarter way through the season, but a lot can change in a couple weeks, but, you know, it's it's not week one, so 
it's like I said, it's starting to get a bit nerve wracking and, and I want to know what you think. When is it time to start panicking? Like is right now week four, is this the time to go out and try to make some moves? Is this the time to try and change things over or, or would you be more likely to kind of stay put? Well, the long-term reasoning here is a, a team can still make it in this league with a 10-11 record or 11-10. and 10. So you don't have to be a great team to make the playoffs. You just have to be decent. So at 0-3, I don't think it's time to panic quite yet. But maybe once you start getting to 0-4, 0-5, then it's time to reevaluate your team. I mean, maybe you had some bad picks. Uh, maybe you have players that are on bad teams. I'm not sure what's going on, but I think at that point, it's time to panic a little bit. And then to fix that, I mean, you could make some trades, but if you've drafted a team that bad, are you just risking making your team worse with uh, some poor trades? Yeah, and that's the gamble. You know, I I put out there last week, um, I had a number of defensemen on my team that were all averaging, you know, 1.2, 1.3, and then a couple of stud D-men. And I put out there that it was up for grabs, and there were a couple of offers that I was pretty tempted to take, even for uh, Burns or for Darlene. But what I was afraid of is, you know, yeah, somebody offered me, I can get two solid forwards for one of these, you know, all-star defensemen. But in the end, am I going to be any better off splitting up the points like that? Like if I've got a D-man who's averaging over two points a night, Am I better off getting a couple guys who may get a point and a half a night, but also may disappear? Um, that's the tricky thing, I think, you know, because really, if you're a bad team, the only way to try and add some depth is to either trade one of your stud defensemen and forwards, or if you've got a couple of goaltenders and someone's hurting, maybe to trade a goalie and try to get a couple players that way. But you're taking a big risk either way. Yeah, it's uh, like we said, it's it's a risky move, but you can either. I know you've had teams in the past that were, you know, stinkers a little bit at the beginning, but you made some moves to improve. But one wrong move or two, and you might be shutting your season down early. Well, and that's true. If you fall in too deep of a hole, it can get really tough. Now there is another way. There is another way to try and improve your team. Um, you know, either whether it's trying to to pick up some quick wins right away, or uh, or look for kind of those diamonds in the rough, and that is through the waiver wire. Now, before we talk about the waiver wire, um, we have a quick word from one of our sponsors, oh, Joel. Right. Joel, you've got a message for us, I think. That's right. Uh, this. Here in the Triple D, we've actually acquired some sponsorship. So uh, this year, we're uh, sponsored by Costa's Restaurant Lounge here in the Ranch. And uh, it's quite exciting. If you go in on wig night and say Costa's 15 to uh, Prince or any other uh, bartenders, you'll get 15% off your uh, food. So it's it's a real uh, exciting time here at the Triple D. It's not off your booze. Only your food, but 15% off. Yeah, and as I recall, it's off of your food, but that doesn't include uh, wings, potato chips, or menu items. Is that correct? That's right. You uh, you really have to be careful which ones you order, but they're 15% savings. I mean, we're all hardworking people here, and 15% is a lot of money for anyone. That's right. Amen. So, uh, bless, their bless their hearts indeed. So let's talk about the waiver wire. 
Um, you know, everybody should be familiar with the system. On a short week, you usually get two pickups. On those extended weeks around Christmas or around the All-Star break, you sometimes get five pickups over the matchup. But usually on a regular week, we get three pickups. Um, let's, I guess, first of all, talk about what what your personal thoughts or what your personal strategy is. When you go into a weekly matchup, are you planning right away to try and use all three of your pickups or just one or two or maybe none? What do you think? Well, generally, I've been a guy that tries to maximize, maximize my boots every week. But uh, this year, I'm kind of maxed out on players and I'm a little leery about who I want to drop. So I've been just leaving the lines set as they are. So I haven't made one move yet this year. I think uh, it really depends on your style of play. I know there's, you know, some busy dads like yourself in this league. Maybe they don't have a lot of time to be making moves, so they just set their rosters and let them be. But there's also guys, you know, like Matt Powell, who he's always working hard and trying to to find that little guy to add a spark to his team, and maybe they're going to make three moves a week. Yeah, I think it depends, too, I guess, on what your team's doing and, and really, to be honest, on what's out there, you know. Uh, week one and, and even early week two, there's usually a big scuffling of players that are available that, uh, you know, for whatever reason got overlooked in the draft and now all of a sudden have a big opportunity. Now things seem to have slowed down a little bit, but, you know, in two or three weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden there was a big flurry with injuries happening, with guys getting promotions uh, up to a higher line or getting more minutes or whatever. Um so let's talk quickly. I know the people out there are probably wondering what what we think about this. Let's talk quickly then. If you were, you know, you said this year you're not really looking to use them yet, but if you were, when do you typically do that? Are you a guy who likes to, you know, look ahead at your schedule and try to set yourself up for the most players going? Or are you more of a guy who likes to hold on to one or two picks for Sunday just in case you need kind of a last-minute miracle? Well, I like both those strategies, actually. I've, I've done both where, you know, I, I if I'm going to add a player, why add a player who's only going to play one or two games at least? I want to maximize my amount of points I'm going to get out of them. But, you know, again, this year it just hasn't been my way of thinking. Like if I'm going to make that, that move, one thing I definitely look at is, you know, how much playing time are they getting? Are they a third-line guy or a fourth-line guy? Or are they, uh, you know, on the first line getting some power play time? That's fairly key. Yeah, that's pretty big, right? Opportunity is opportunity is half the battle, right? Fantasy points pretty much comes down to talent and opportunity. Most of these guys have at least some level of talent, but if they're only playing seven minutes a night and getting no power play time, you're really limiting what you're opening yourself up for. Um, I know another big thing I've done in the past, I'm not doing this year because I've already got three goaltenders on my roster, but in the past when I've only had one or two, I usually started out the week taking a quick look at uh, which teams were going to be facing a back-to-back and then trying to pick up the backup if, if it worked out with my other goalie schedules to try and pick up a goalie start here or there because you know even on not a great night, you're probably looking at two extra points and on a regular win, you're getting about five points. And once in a while, you get really lucky and get a you know get a big win or a shutout. And all of a sudden, you just got a seven or an eight point boost. Yeah, that can be a game changer. Yeah, for sure. Um, so some of those things that you were talking about, though, like what line they're on, first or second line, or getting power play time. 
Um, I just want you really quickly to kind of give us, in your opinion, the order of importance. So I'm going to give you three criteria that you could look at. There, and there's lots and lots of things that you could look at. But three things you could look at on the waiver wire. And you tell me first most important, second most important, third most important. Okay? So, okay. so criteria number one is their recent level of success. So if you looked at the seven day or the 15 day average, you know, their, their average over 15 days maybe is, is 1.5 or higher. They've, they've had good success recently. They're hitting the back of the net. Number two is what line they're on first line or second line or even third line. And then number three is, are they on the power play, especially that first power play, which of those would you say is the most important second most and third most? Well, it's pretty tough. They're all fairly close. I mean, I definitely, when I'm looking at a player, I don't generally look at the seven days. I look at the, the last 15 days to really give a, a larger overall pool of what they've been up to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say probably most important has got to be power plays. That means they're just going to get that much more playing time. Um, their line doesn't necessarily matter because sometimes guys are on the third line or fourth line do get thrown onto the power play. So I guess I'd probably go 15 days as my first. Uh, second power play and third, what line they're on. Yeah. Uh, I hear. A fourth little bonus. Ooh. One thing I do like to look at is uh, just do the research on ESPN and seeing what's the general population of ESPN doing. Are they are more people adding this player or more people dropping this player? And sometimes that can give you sort of a feel of maybe is this a, someone that a lot of people think are is a hot player or is this guy a dud and you're making a mistake out of him? Well, that's true for sure. Um, you know, I will uh, I will counter. That is a good tip, looking at the action, the transactions that are going on. Um, I will say this, though. One thing I've noticed is in our league, because of the size, a lot of times if a, if a player has been added in a lot of leagues recently, he's typically gone already in our league. So you've almost got to you've almost got to get that that bloodhound knows out and sniff these guys out before, you know, the guys who are in 10 team or 12 team leagues get, get a whiff of it. Um, so, so, uh, it's interesting cause you said recent success first power play and then line number, eh? Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of with you on recent success. Like that's, that's what draws your attention really. Right. You're not going to, you're not going to look at a guy who, who's getting 0.4, 0.5, 0.4, 0.5, and then think, oh, he's due for a breakout. That's probably not going to happen, right? But uh, So that's probably first. But I would say, honestly, personally, line number, and especially line mates, that's that's more important for me. I'll go on a, I'll go on a site and I'll check out where they're playing. Are they a third-line guy who's on the ice for 10 minutes? Or are they a first-line guy who maybe just got bumped up and is, you know, is playing alongside a Sidney Crosby or playing alongside Patrick Kane or playing alongside, you know, Austin Matthews, a player that's going to give them that opportunity. If it comes down to a tie kind of between two players, I'm stuck and I don't know which, then absolutely power play minutes makes up the difference. Um, And it's definitely not something to be ignored you know, but uh, I'd rather, you know, like I said, opportunity power play is great because you get that extra half a point. But, but really, I'd I'd rather have a guy who's going to be on the ice with talented players around him all the time. 
Well, that makes sense to me. You need, you need those guys that are getting those minutes and have the studs around them because the whole idea is getting the more points than the other guy, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that's the point. Yeah, I think that's the point. That's valid. Anyways, uh, we don't want to we don't want to overdo things. We don't want to blow our whole no. uh, wad on the first go around here. No, but, we don't uh, want to be one and done. No, we certainly don't. We don't even want to be two and done. So we better save some for the next episode. But uh, you know, I'm sure you folks can tell we're back. We're better than ever, and uh, we look forward to bringing you some more hard hitting hockey analysis. And one more thing, I should add before I do this: don't forget to uh, to give our uh, our podcast five stars and also uh, positive comments because you know those really help us with the sponsorship. Yeah, that's right. And speaking of sponsorship, uh, I should mention that uh, today's podcast in our recorded live in our new Ontario studio uh, is brought to you by High Guard Submarine Sandwiches. If you're if you're in the mood for a, a hot eat or a or a moderately cold treat that probably won't give you ringworm, give us a try. High Guard available at a gas station near you. Oh, yum! I think I might go buy one right now. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I can uh, I can eat one, and then in twenty minutes, when I have to sit on the toilet, I'll have time to look over the waiver wire and use some of these helpful tips. Well, that's thinking win-win in my books. That's right. Anyways, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, good luck with the rest of your matchup this week. Hopefully you put up some big points and knock down the person you're playing. And remember, don't be a boner.